right, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Michael on Twitter. And that is not Cousin Shay. That's Stephen Lassen, senior editor over at Athlon Sports SEC After Dark. What's up, Stephen? Hey, Mike. It's good to be back again. As always, uh, SEC After Dark. I'm fired up to talk some ball. Uh, we've entered the long, I guess, winter offseason now <laughs> since the Super Bowl's over. But uh, before you know it, spring ball will be starting up. So uh, no complaints here. Right. And, uh, you know, we don't have any scandals this week. No coach firings. At least yet. not not yet. Yeah, the, the week is not over. I, I spoke a little too soon. But we got to get creative this time of year, Stephen, to put out some solid content. And uh, this was a, another great idea by you, Stephen, so I want to give you credit. But we're going to talk the best games on the SEC schedule for next season, the must-see games. Stephen and I got 15 each. We have not discussed his list or my list, it's not been revealed. So there's probably going to be some duplicates on here, but this is going to be some unique lists. We're going a step further. If a school is not featured on the list, we're going to talk about our favorite game for each of those schools. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to get Steven's ideas or thoughts on so, some of the best non-conference matchups. So these are, we're just strictly stricking, sticking to conference games does that all make sense, Stephen? It makes sense. Uh, I will tell you that I had a heck of a time trimming my list to 15 SEC games. I guess conference expansion, obviously, adding Texas and Oklahoma. There's so yep. many great uh, games now between these two, you know, but adding those teams to already what's a great schedule. I mean, this is. If you look, I've got 15 here, but I thought there was 30 that could be in consideration <laughs> here. So, man, uh, this this schedule is loaded this year. I I, uh, I can't wait for for 2024. Right, and, and just one other thing I want to clarify for the audience here, Stephen, that the way I went about it, I mean, there's there is no wrong way to do this. I mean, you could focus on rivalries, you could focus on historical matchups, you could focus on games where the you know, the point spread is is minuscule, but I went into it just looking at the top 15 games that I think are going to be the most competitive, the most hyped, and, and just 15 outstanding matchups, if that makes sense. Uh, is that somewhat close to what you did? That is. Um, I will tell you that I also kind of uh, ranked by sort of, I also include, I should say, I included sort of the same formula, but I also gave rivalries a bump here just because I think there are so many good ones in the SEC. And so competitiveness, value to the season, storylines, anticipated matchups. I try to blend all of these together. Um, like I said, I have 15 here. I could probably move several of these up and down, and there are several on this list I thought could be on there too. So uh, no shortage of good options and debates here. Yeah, and before we get rolling with the list, just want to say thanks, Sven. He gave us... Uh... E five dollars. Is that euros? Five euros? I, I don't know how to spend five euros, but I do appreciate it, Sven. Two beers for the Mississippi State haters. We're not haters. We're just concerned about where, we, where we're at right now in Starfield. But things will get turned around quickly. So let's get into it, Stephen. And, and the, I think it's kind of the most fun way to do this is to start at number 15 and work our way down. So I hope you're on board with that. What, what would be your number 15 best game on the sec schedule for 2024 i'm going to the end of the season 
and going to November 23rd with Alabama at Oklahoma. I just think two of the best programs in college football, Alabama going to Oklahoma. What a great way for Oklahoma to kind of get into the swing of the SEC by welcoming the Crimson Tide there. So great uniforms, uh, just a great all-around SEC matchup now on November 23rd. Yeah, that one is on my list. I don't want to spoil it, so we'll get to it in a minute. But I got it a little bit uh, lower, I guess, down the list, if you want to put it that way. How about this one, Steven? Middle of the season, I, I'm not used to this game being so late in the season, but I went with Florida at Tennessee. And I know people are – this is week seven. So, again, usually they play week three, week four of the season. But a little bit later on the on the calendar here for both these teams – and I know people are, are questioning how good Florida can be. I think their first five games, all winnable. I'll throw it up here on, on the screen here. I'm not saying they're going to for sure win all these games, but you got Miami at home, Sanford at home, AM at home, at Mississippi State, and Central Florida. If you're going to win some games, this is the grouping you're going to win some games here if you're a Florida fan before that trip to Tennessee. And we all know, and Florida Gators, they own Tennessee. So that this is going to be a, a pivotal game for Tennessee and Florida. Hell, it may be the game that decides if Florida goes to a bowl game or not. So, yeah, I can't do a list like this without putting Florida at Tennessee. That's my number 15 game. Mike, you probably remember this, too. You remember how big the Florida-Tennessee game used to be in the early 90s. You, you rem- I mean, you, this used to be the game in the SEC East, and I, I do not have it. In my top 15, it was one that just missed. But also, that sort of speaks to how this rivalry has changed so much in, in 10, 15 years. But to your point, the, this game for, against uh, Florida comes one week before uh, Tennessee will get Alabama. Kind of a mm. huge stretch of games. It's a huge revenge game for Tennessee, uh, considering what happened last time. And to your point, that, that Florida schedule, as every time you show that schedule, the back half of the schedule, I'm going, that's a top 10 team. That's a top five <laughs> team. So if you're Billy Napier and you're going to make up some ground and build something uh, for some momentum for that second half, you've got this Tennessee game could be huge. And uh, hey, Comment of the of the night so far goes to Will. I appreciate you. He says, Mike, you picked a bad night to go live. You a single man like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Shout out all the all the ladies out there. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's to you, Steven. I appreciate you getting on here. Hopefully the missus is not going to be too upset with you. I, I think she's okay with it. Uh, she might be watching, actually, upstairs as she feeds our uh, our new board. <laughs> so, so happy Valentine's Day to my wife. All right. So let's get uh, number 14. What's 14 on your list there, Steven? Man, you know I love rivalries. I got to go to the Egg Bowl. I debated putting this one higher. I just think not to uh, go back to our earlier comment from our Mississippi State friend there, but you know Ole Miss will be a heavy favorite here. It's late in the season. This could be a playoff team this year. It's an opportunity for Mississippi State under Jeff Levy to change the kind of trajectory of the season. They could go on the road and win this game. Uh, it's be a huge win uh, for Jeff Levy. So the Egg Bowl usually doesn't disappoint so i've got to get it in my top 15 somehow so i've got it 14th mm. well steven uh we'll get back to the show in just a second rick appreciate you he just gave us 50 dollars. oh happy valentine's day you rick <laughs> connor wigman ends the season on top of the quarterback list thoughts on that real quick there steven could connor wigman playing in a new offense we're getting away from the shackles of jimbo fisher and his 
is uh, archaic system here. I love the hire of Colin Klein, the new offensive coordinator. Did an outstanding job at Kansas State. Uh, not that you're sitting here guaranteeing Wigman will be the best quarterback in the SEC next season if he can stay healthy, but how realistic is that in your mind, Stephen? I think it's pretty realistic. Um, I'll be curious to, to know what you think about this, Mike. But, you know, when I look at the returning quarterbacks in college football for next year, I think Carson Beck will start number one. But you also look Jalen Milrose back, Quinn Ewers is back. We got guys like Nico and Jackson Arnold. Not a lot of people this preseason are talking about Connor Wigman. And I think they forgot about how uh, how tough his performance was against Miami. Uh, when he was facing the the Hurricanes pass rush and Texas A&M was struggling to protect him, how much the upside is there to be at one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. So, I Rick, I, I would not rule that out at all. I, I think the door is open for one of these quarterbacks to hit big, and I like the potential of Wigman. He'll be very high on my preseason list. Yeah, I think he's a serious breakout contender. I'm not for ready sure. to say top quarterback in the SEC, but I, I think he could contend for it. But uh, back to the list, Stephen, as for the Egg Bowl, it didn't make my cut, but we'll, we'll get to that in a later. It, it is on my my games, the best games that didn't quite make the cut for me. For number 14, though, I do have Ole Miss on here. Stephen, you're, you're going to sense a theme here. There's a lot of Oklahoma. There's a lot of Texas on my list. I assume there is on yours, too. But I'm so excited to watch them Oklahoma Sooners go to Ole Miss Week 9 of the season with now it, it remains to be seen exactly what Oklahoma will look like, but the, but the Jeff Levy influence is probably still going to be there. Uh, even other Seth Luttrell going up, I guess a high flying Ole Miss offense. I, I, this, these are the type of games that, you know, you don't, when Oklahoma and Texas immediately came into the league, you're not sitting here saying, well, I can't wait to see Oklahoma Ole Miss necessarily, but this could be one of the best games in the entire SEC if Oklahoma can can live up to the hype and exceed the hype. If Ole Miss lives up to the hype, that this is going to be one heck of a game, I think. I think it's a huge kind of measuring stick game for Oklahoma coming into the SEC. It could be a game that also decides uh, potential playoff positioning, too. I mean, if we think Ole Miss is certainly in that top 10 discussion, Oklahoma top 15, top 20 uh, right now by most preseason polls, Going on the road and beating Ole Miss would be huge. Also, think if you're an Oklahoma fan, what a great road trip, right? To go to the Grove and to experience <laughs> Ole Miss. Uh, so, great road trip for for Ole Miss uh, for Oklahoma. Welcome to the SEC. Going to uh, Oxford, and I think a fantastic quarterback duel too, Jackson Arnold and uh, and Jackson Dart. So it'd be be an awesome game. Yeah, you think we're excited for these games, Stephen? What these Texas fans, these Oklahoma fans, getting to hit these road trips? that they've probably heard so much about. They've got a lot to be excited about, too. So what's your number 13 on, on your list there, Stephen? I am going to an SEC East showdown, former SEC showdown, that uh, has meant a lot, I think, in terms of the pecking order of the SEC East the last couple of years. It's Tennessee going to Georgia. It's We talked about this uh, with kind of reasons to be excited about Tennessee. And can they measure up? to Georgia. That's the standard right now in the SEC. The gap between the two teams has been pretty wide uh, the last couple of years. Remember Tennessee going down to Athens two years ago, pretty much got dominated by Georgia. So here's an opportunity for Tennessee going down to Athens this year, uh, potential playoff, uh, potential playoff positioning on the line for both teams. Uh, also Nico against that Georgia defense. That's probably going to be number one, number two in the country. Uh, so interested to see if Tennessee can close the gap. 
Nico against Georgia Stevens. I think there's a lot of interesting storylines here. Ooh, yeah, that that one is certainly on my list. It's a little bit lower. Number 13, Stephen, and, and again, I knew this, there's history here, long history. They haven't played in a while, but I can't wait for Oklahoma at Missouri here. Week 11 of the season's bad blood. This feels like a must win for both teams after, you know, there's a lot of trash being talked on both sides. And, hey, we're going to find out because I think Missouri's probably going to win another 10, 11 games this year if they could carry that momentum if uh you know that they're not struck with injuries how ready will oklahoma be for the sec these are the games that we're gonna find out if they're ready because they're i think oklahoma fans steven they're eyeing you know alabama georgia in texas obviously seeing can we compete with the best of the best you can't look down on in this league you cannot look down on some of these teams like you could in your previous conference. And, and I'm looking right at you, Missouri, because I think Missouri is a potential playoff team. Yeah, I think I hate to keep repeating, you know, the the theme, the theme of the kind of show so far, playoff positioning. You know, Oklahoma, most people have them just outside the top 15. Missouri, I think, solidly a top 10 team right now. Late in the season, we're starting to get those playoff rankings. This matchup could be pretty important for teams as they're positioning. But also, I think when you look at Oklahoma's schedule late in the season, you know, they get Maine on November 2nd, then they get go to Missouri off week, Alabama at home, and then at LSU. So that is a very difficult close to the season. And that Missouri game could be kind of a swing game as you, if you're looking. If they're probably going to be underdogs against Alabama and LSU, and you got to pick up some wins here late in the season at Missouri good opportunity for Missouri to get get a key win but also for Oklahoma uh, as well as they try to stack up higher in the SEC this year. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so who you got number 12 on your list, Stephen? I'm going to the third Saturday in October. I've yeah. got Alabama <laughs> at Tennessee. Uh I love the obviously the rivalry implications. We know what happened last time Alabama went to Tennessee. Um I, I think also there's kind of a theme here. Alabama under Kalen DeBoer. First season, all these road trips, all these new experiences for the staff. It's a totally different Alabama program. I'm interested to see how they handle this trip to Knoxville. And uh, also, same thing kind of as the Georgia game, showcase game. Nico's probably a dark horse candidate to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Uh, a big kind of showdown matchup against probably a top 10 Alabama team would be a nice another opportunity for him. And also certainly for Tennessee as they try to beat Alabama back-to-back uh, -back times in Knoxville. Yeah, this one is uh, certainly on my list. It's a little bit lower, so I'll dive into it. But, yeah, th that game is going to tell us a heck of a lot about DeBoer and his ability to win on the road in this league. I think Josh Heupel, that's that's going to be one. Now that he's beaten him, I mean, you can't – you're not going to beat – well, of course, when it was Nick Saban, you, you barely ever beat him. But you can't – you can't just go back to losing Alabama all the time, particularly with a first-year coach. So that, that's a that's a huge one. But I got one of those teams at number 12, Stephen. And wouldn't you know it, Oklahoma again. Alabama at Oklahoma uh, on my list. So, again, th this is two great teams. We, we've talked about it, but, I mean, two of the probably top five most iconic brands, if you're talking the entire history of college football, it's just – it's just beautiful, Steve, that this is an SEC game, not a not a playoff game, not a national championship. It's a Week 13 contest with the Oklahoma Suitors and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, it's going to be 
it's gonna bring a tear to my eye, Steve, when I <laughs> when I see these teams run out on the field for a regular season SEC game. I, I don't know if if you had the same problem as I had, but when I was going through the schedule and I had to sort of remind myself that some of these are now SEC games and they're not non conference games because you know obviously like three years ago Oklahoma playing Alabama would be a non-conference game. But then you sort of remind <laughs> yourself like, oh yeah, this is an SEC game. It act, It's going to mean a lot. So man, it, anytime you can get those Alabama and Oklahoma uniforms in the same field, uh, I'm big on the aesthetics of college football. So count me in for that one for sure. All right, Steven. So where'd you go for number 11 on your list? I am going to Jacksonville for uh, the world's largest outdoor party in Florida and Georgia, November 2nd. Now I think in terms of, quality how close it is on the scoreboard it's probably not going to be probably one of the closer games on this list but i think just as far as importance uh for florida it could it's a kind of one of those opportunities for billy napier to see how far this program has progressed over the last couple years so huge measuring stick but also just the rivalry uh angle between these two teams got to get florida and georgia on this list yeah if we're just doing scenery history you know, games you got, bucket list games that you got to attend before you're on timely passing. I, th that would be top five for sure. But I don't even know if Billy Napier is going to be the coach by the time these two kick it off. So, Steven, it did not quite make my list. Not this year. Maybe the following year. But, Mike, uh, I, I think that open date before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's If you're a head coach that's on the hot seat, you always worry about the open date. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Again, you know, like I said, Florida, the first five, very winnable. Not stunning at all if they beat Tennessee, even though I think Tennessee's going to be really good. We've seen tennis, great Tennessee teams lose to Florida. So uh, who knows? I mean, the, the, it could be one of the best games on the calendar, but I, I'm not quite ready to go there because I'm not sold. Even though I think Florida's going to be better, I think Georgia may be better too, and that's, that's just scary. But uh, I, I know we've... I believe you've hit on this game, Stephen. I'm, I'm going Alabama at LSU. That, that's where I'm going with that one. Just one of the all-time great rivalry games in the in the Southeastern Conference. Caleb DeBoer, this is another one where he's going to be judged at. I mean, Alabama fans are so spoiled, Stephen. I mean, they, they go into these LSU games expecting to win under Nick Saban. That, will they be able to do it? I mean... Sure, because I, I'm not quite sold that LSU is a playoff contender. I'm, I'm really not. I like the moves they've made this offseason on the defensive side of the ball. I think those will pay off in a big way, but I think they'll pay off really, you know, the results of that will be two years down the line, three years down the line. Can they, can they turn that ship around overnight on the defensive side of the ball with the losses they have on offense? I think that's a big, big question mark for me. I'm not quite buying it. So I think LSU will be good. I just don't know that they'll be playoff good. And I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of in that boat with Alabama. I, I've been kind of hyping them up, but now that they don't have an offensive line coach and an offensive coordinator, <laughs> I'm a little concerned about Alabama at this point in time. So this, this game probably should be higher, but I'm not sold on either team right now. I've got this game a little bit higher. Uh, to go to go on the Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff departures, I know this seems weird, but if I was an Alabama fan, I would be a little bit more concerned about losing Scott Huff as your offensive line coach. I think he was one of the best offensive line coaches in college football. I think he would have been a massive upgrade over Eric Wolford uh, from last season. 
I think Kalen DeBoer is probably going to handle the play calling duties. You know, Nick Sheridan is the new offensive coordinator. His tenure at Indiana, it didn't go so well, but this is Kalen DeBoer's offense. So I, in all, I, I think Alabama from an offensive standpoint is going to be fine. But I think to your point on this game, and one of the reasons why I got a little bit higher is it's just the the rivalry kind of angle. They're not, I wouldn't know, I guess the Alabama-Auburn's rivals, I don't know how you want to characterize Alabama-LSU, but I kind of think of them as rivals just because of how high profile the matchup has been over the last couple of years, but also the stretch that LSU is going to have. Their first couple of games in the season, you know, there's a lot of non-conference games. There's that uh, road trip to, to South Carolina. But the month of October, after going on the off week, you go Ole Miss at Arkansas at Texas A&M. That sets up the second off week before you play Alabama and then you go to Florida. That's a pretty manageable slate if you're LSU. So if you start thinking about how the season could play out, that October 12th game against Ole Miss is huge. But they get Alabama coming to their place. And I think also something you said there is is weighing on me about Alabama, which is you just expect Alabama to go on the road and beat LSU. This is an entirely different team, an entirely different program uh, with Kalen DeBoer in charge. So I'm very interested to see what this team looks like uh, by November. Right. Uh, so where are we going, Stephen? Number 10. We're in the top 10 already. I'm staying uh, with Alabama here. I'm going to go with Missouri at Ooh. Alabama. <laughs> I think, you know, in terms of, um, you know, to, to use a bad term here, we talk about Missouri, but show me. Go on the road and beat Alabama. If you want to be a top, you know, five, six team this year, go on the road and beat Alabama. It's an Alabama team and a program that's in transition, albeit one that's going to be picked high, top uh, five or six this year. So I think it's an opportunity to see how Missouri stacks up. And in their schedule, with a lot of winnable games, it's one of the games you'd either say they're going to be an underdog or going to be a toss-up. And also, uh, we'd love to see Luther Burden against the revamped Alabama secondary, Brady Cook on the road, going to Tuscaloosa. So a lot of intrigue for me in that matchup on October 26th. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that one. It's it's even lower on my list, Stevie, because these are the two teams that I was dying to play last year because I – now, maybe I was dead wrong because Alabama turned out to win the SEC, but they didn't go through Missouri. And I kept saying, I think Missouri could beat them on, on a neutral field. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. But we're going to find out. In a new season, different teams, but that's going to be one heck of a game. It's, it's even higher on my list. But how about this one, Stephen? I got Tennessee at Oklahoma here. The Josh Heupel Bowl in Norman. You know, last time Tennessee and Oklahoma played, it was an absolute classic in Neyland Stadium. Went into overtime. Baker May Mayfield heroics kept uh, Oklahoma in the winning column there. But this could be a huge game. Stephen, Oklahoma's first SEC challenge. Look at that there. I mean, they got three winnable non-conference before they get Tennessee. Tennessee, same deal, three winnable non-conference before you go on the road to Oklahoma. This could be a huge game, Stephen, that could be kind of a crossroads-type game for both these programs. So right there, that that's why it's in the top ten for me. I've got it actually as the next game on my list Ooh. at number nine. <laughs> for a lot of reasons that you said there, I think just the Josh Heupel storyline over this, you know, the fact that he left, he got fired from Oklahoma, probably wasn't the most amicable parting. He's a legend for that program going back there. Uh, you're going to have two teams that are going to want to, I mean, this could be a fun kind of high scoring back and forth game. 
I'll go ahead and say this too. I think when you start looking at that schedule, you, you start circling week four and week five after all these teams have played non-conference games. I don't know what catchy term it's going to be. It's like, you know, show me Saturday or <laughs> stack up Saturday. We're going to, we'll learn a lot about both these two teams there. And so I think for Oklahoma to get Tennessee and that, and the two quarterbacks, Nico and Jackson Arnold, two breakout stars, it's going to be a fun battle uh, early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, in, Strength on strength, too, I think, Stephen, with Tennessee offense, Oklahoma defense going head-to-head, and then Tennessee pass defense strength going up against Oklahoma's questionable offensive line. I mean, that that's a matchup that I really like for, the, for Tennessee, but I'm sure the Sooners will have some wrinkles there. Now, number nine on my list, Stephen, again, this is the game I'm probably the most excited to watch, but I don't, I'm not sold that it's – It'll be a super competitive game. So that's I'm kind of changing the rules a little bit here. But number nine on my list, Stephen, Texas at Texas A&M. I, I cannot wait for this game. But again, now, maybe Texas is is not elite. Or maybe A&M is elite. I, I don't know. There could I, I don't expect this to be like a huge spread, but I think it'll be like a six, seven-point spread, and it's going to be a dang war down there in College Station. So that's my number nine game. I, I could see it if t- if A&M does a, exceeds expectations, it's going to skyrocket up the list because this this could be a game that determines who makes the college football playoff. I've got this game pretty high on my list. So I, I think for, for number number biggest reason is it's the return of this rivalry. You know, we've waited so long for this series to come back, and now it's going to be at the end of the season. I think, you know, Chris Del Conte had some interesting comments this week about uh, nine-game SEC schedule, but also potentially moving this game uh, to Thanksgiving. So I don't, you know, I don't know what that means for Ole Miss Mississippi State, but if we could get two SEC showdowns on uh, Thanksgiving, that could be awesome. Uh, it could make the schedule even better. But uh, I'm – just looking forward every possible angle for this game. You've got Sarkeesian versus Elko, maybe SEC championship implications if we're talking late season. So, man, just pencil me in. I, I, you know where I'll be on uh, November 30th watching this one. Hey, Stevie, Cousin Shane made the comments, so let, let's uh, address it. He said, he, who needs that game more, A&M or Texas? What, what would be your thoughts on that? Because I, I think I would lean – I think I would lead Texas after all this hype and all the trash they're talking. I mean, I don't think AM is going to be picked to win by a- anyone outside of their fans. Now, it is at home. You don't want to get embarrassed at home after a decade of smack talking. So uh, AM could easily be the answer, but I, I would lean Texas on this. W- what's your thoughts? I would actually go AM here. Because I think if you're Mike Elko, you're trying to build your program here. You already got a good foundation in terms of talent. I think you could probably go both sides in this one, but I think because it's first year, you're at home, you're welcoming Texas to the SEC. You've had to hear about the fact that Texas won the last game for all how many years now. You want to beat the your biggest rival. So I think AM, an opportunity to get off to a fast start, beat your biggest rival at home late in the season. Also, I hate to keep coming back to this. Because of the new playoff, AM schedule, and maybe I'm maybe I'm starting to believe in AM maybe a lot more as as we do these shows every week. But, you know, I keep moving A&M up my top 25. Late in the season, if they're playing a top five, top 10 Texas team and they need to win to get into that top 12, that could be pretty big, too. I love this comment from Philip. He's been a longtime listener, Stephen. A&M. 
put little brother Texas in their place. Oh my goodness. Oh, shots fired there. That's that's not gonna go over well in the comment section. All right. Uh, how about uh number eight? What's number eight on your list there, Steven? I've got I'm going back to last year. One of the probably one of my favorite games of last season was LSU at Ole Miss. So I'm going Ole Miss at LSU. Uh, I think just you know to keep talking, you know, big picture here. This game could mean a lot in terms of SEC pecking order. It could mean a lot in the uh, top 25 late in the season. But also, I think LSU's defense and its improvement this season is going to be one of the biggest storylines. I think they're going to be fine offensively, not as good as they were last year. But if their defense is better, it'll show up in this game. Because we saw last year what Ole Miss did to them. This is a huge test for them. So I think just the implications plus uh, you know, the facts of the Ole Miss high-powered offense going against a unknown in LSU's defense. Yeah, that's going to be one heck of a game, Stephen. It's a, it's a higher on my list, but I think it's uh, you know kind of a must-win for LSU, and maybe you could even say for it for Ole Miss because they only have a couple of, of really challenging games. Just you know, on paper, you can't overlook anybody in this conference. But if if you lose. Games like this, I'm going to throw up uh, Ole Miss schedule. If you if you lose to LSU on the road, Georgia, you get them at home. But let's face it, Stephen, I mean, Georgia at worst is probably the second best team in the country. <laughs> Maybe. And then, so what are the odds you're going to beat them? Uh, I mean, then then you I, I think you basically have to win out if if you lose to LSU and, and because you're probably going to lose to Georgia. Now, if you if you beat Georgia, it's a different story. But so so that is going to be one heck of a game. And, and hey, Brian Kelly, what did he do when he got this job, Stephen? He said, "I'm I'm down here to win championships. We can't be losing at home." No disrespect to Ole Miss. I I get all the hype. I've been driving the hype here for Ole Miss, but you can't lose if you're an LSU's head coach. You can't lose to Ole Miss at home. I don't care for number one in the country. You you just can't. When you came in and declared, "I'm coming down here to win national championships," it's year three of your program. So a lot, a lot of pressure there on on LSU to to win this game. I think. Hey, Mike, what what do you think about the pressure on Ole Miss in this game too? Because you know I've talked before. You know they're all in on this season. You know you go out and bring in the high power, uh, the high profile transfer class. What if you lose at South Carolina and you stumble to LSU, and you're already at two losses? So that means you definitely have to win out to have, mm -hmm. probably make the college football playoff. But you also wonder about volatility of this team. When you get a team together like this, when it's assembled just basically for all in for 2024, and you have some early season losses. Also for Lane Kiffin. I mean, that win over LSU last year was one of the better wins that he's had in his tenure at Ole Miss. And now you have to go on the road. If you go on the road and win this game, that's another, obviously it's another huge win uh, for Lane Kiffin and, and sort of build, building that program. It would only kind of solidify them middle of the season as a very uh much a top six seven team thing go on the road and win at lsu yeah and i see what you're saying steven and you're right they're they're clearly old miss is all in they're all the chips are in bringing so many key pieces back signing so many free agents as, as lane kiffin calls them clearly this is a year if they don't make the playoff that it's gonna be hugely disappointing but I also think, Stephen, and, and maybe this is not the right way to look at it, but I look at it like, you know, I think the rest of the country is going to be expecting them to fail and rooting against them. It's almost like, uh, 
You know, it's like Luke, Luke Skywalker at the end of Star Wars. You know, they didn't expect him to make that shot. You know what I mean? But they're they're gunning for it. And and if they don't make it, then, you know, that's that's kind of what the evil empire thought. You know, that's what Georgia thought. You could throw in all this money. You could do all this. Lane Kiffin could say all these crazy things. But it's not going to amount to anything. You'll just get embarrassed once again. So I, I think Ole Miss got nothing to lose, even though, yeah, I mean, they're they're all in. But if they don't get it done, I think people are going to look at it like, well, it's just a little old Miss, and they never had a ch- sh- shot anyway, which I don't think. But I, I think this new format, this new structure of NIL, transfer portal, 12-team playoff, I think it's set up perfectly for, for Ole Miss to take advantage of it. And I, in that sense, I hope they do take I, – I hope they, they make that run. You know what? Yeah, and also I should note too, I think if if they do, like let's say they, they win all the games – they lose to LSU, they're probably only going to be an underdog to Georgia the rest of the way. Now, there are tough road trips to Florida, um, Arkansas, and you have to get Oklahoma at your place too, and you still got to win the Egg Bowl against Mississippi State. So it's not guaranteed, but you also, in this new format, you have an extra loss you can probably afford. So if LSU ends up being top 10 good and you lose by three, to your point, you're kind of playing with house money here, uh, being able to make up some ground and Maybe you beat Georgia in Oxford this year. Right. And speaking of Georgia, Stephen, that's where I go for my number eight. Tennessee at Georgia. I know, I believe you hit on this one already. But, I mean, you look at it. I think I meant to do Georgia. All right. When you look at Georgia's schedule, I mean, they're probably going to be favored at every game they play. Maybe not on the road at Texas. We'll see how good Alabama is, but they're currently favored over Alabama. They're they're currently favored over everybody. But I think, hey, two years ago, Tennessee, Georgia was was essentially, you know, the best game in the SEC. I th- I think, and not calling you out here, Stephen, or anything, but I, I think some people are are discounting how good Tennessee can be. And the fact that Georgia has absolutely owed Tennessee, but Georgia's owed everybody basically right. short of Nick Saban. So, uh, I mean, if Tennessee just gets a, I think if they continue to, to improve and Nico is this transcendent player that some people think he is, I mean, why can't Tennessee even not, in, not only challenge for the playoff, but challenge maybe for the SEC and national championship. Like if he's Marcus Mariota type good, which I'm not saying he is, but he could be, and and if that that is the case, Tennessee may be Georgia's toughest test of the season. I think the Tennessee schedule really sets up for a run. You know, when you look at what how the schedule breaks up, they get NC State early in the season in Charlotte, which is going to be a tough game. NC State's probably going to be one of the better teams in the ACC. You also got that road trip to Oklahoma, but you get Florida. Alabama at your place and you look at that November slate, you know, after, after the Alabama in, in the Georgia game, like Tennessee is going to be favored in all those games. So getting two of your rivals at your place, you get Oklahoma early in the season that you know, Tennessee has a chance to really build some momentum before they go into Athens. So I, I think it, it goes back to kind of what we talked about earlier. It's a huge kind of measuring stick opportunity for Tennessee. If, if, if they go, 10 and two and they lose close to Georgia. That's a good sign, uh, obviously for this program as they try to continue to climb and close that gap to Georgia. Yeah. Cousin Shane says, is Georgia a trap game for Tennessee? <laughs> Get out of here with that. <laughs> All right. Who you got? Uh, number seven, Steven. 
a game that you had uh, earlier, I've got Alabama at LSU. And I think just the stakes, it's not an SEC West showdown anymore, but you know, just getting a chance to see this Alabama team under Kalen DeBoer, how do they progress during the season going on the road to LSU? Probably going to be a showdown between top 10 to 15 teams. Also another good test uh, for LSU's defense. Uh, how is it going to be performing at that point of the season against Jalen Milrow? How far does Jalen Milrow progress under uh, Kalen DeBoer. So uh, a, a lot of always a lot of intrigue for me in this game. And it's even more so uh, with all the changes at Alabama now. Do you think it loses any luster potentially? Maybe not this season, Stephen, but moving forward without Nick Saban, given his ties to both programs and, and uh, you know, everything that went with that. Because I, I can't imagine Brian Kelly and DeBoer are, are going to be like talking trash or, you know, it's, it, it'll be like respectful. I feel like. Yeah. I don't think Kalen DeBoer is going to talk too much trash <laughs> in the sec. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of like as the, the new guy in the league, it's probably wise to keep your head down and keep working. You know? um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of think it probably loses a little bit because Nick Saban's not there. But also, I think that both of these programs, if you had to sort of just project, they're probably not going anywhere. It's going to be one of the more anticipated showdowns in the SEC. And if you get into discussion about permanent rivals in a nine-game slate where you have to protect three, I would imagine that this is going to be very high on uh, the SEC to protect. So. Right. And uh, I believe you hit on this one already, Stephen. This is my number seven game, Missouri at Alabama. I can't wait for this matchup. Yeah, and I think this is I think this is paramount for both programs, Stephen, because for everything Missouri accomplished last year, they didn't beat Georgia, which is you know a measuring stick if you want to win a national championship. But that's what Alabama's been for decades and decades. And we're gonna find out. I mean, if Missouri goes to Tuscaloosa and gets a win week nine of the season. I think even the like most casual college football fan is going to say, "My God, Missouri's—they're cooking." You know, this is a this is a legit team, and heck, if they could beat at Alabama, they may go twelve and zero. I mean, that that may be—I'm not sitting here predicting that, but that may be their their toughest test. I mean, all all the home games are winnable. Doesn't mean you're going to win them all, but at A and M, at UMass. That still blows my mind. They're going to UMass <laughs> at Alabama, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State. I mean, this is far and away their toughest game. So I'm not saying they win it, guarantee or anything, but if they do, I mean, they may very well go undefeated. Whereas Alabama, you know, this, not trying to be disrespectful to Missouri, I just said that I think they go undefeated. But I think this is a game where like Alabama fans are like, the heck are you talking about? We're, we're going to beat them by three touchdowns at home. You know that, like that's the expect. That was the expectation under Saban. And if the Boers losing to Missouri year one, they're going to be wanting to run this guy off, whether that's fair or not, because because Mizzou may win 10, 11 games next season. But uh, so, so that's why I think this is such a paramount game for both. It, it could do. It could do world of perception for for Missouri, and it could destroy the perception of Alabama. So you you better not lose yeah. this one, DeBoer. Yeah, to Monday morning, uh, the fine bomb show. If Alabama loses to Missouri, <laughs> you could bet that you fire that bad boy up. And let's hear some calls. Um, I think first of all, I think probably still a lot of the country doesn't realize how good Missouri was last year. I know that may seem a little weird to say that. 
But I, you know, I've already seen some preseason polls that's got them a little further down the list, and also I think that's sort of underselling some of the proof, the uh, transfers they brought in, some of the continuity they're going to have in the program. But you mentioned that schedule. One of the games that did not make my list was that October fifth game against A and M, and that has just it's an intriguing matchup early in the season because we're still going to be figuring out who Texas A and M is. We're going to be figuring out Missouri with the defensive changes and some of the, you know, not having Cody Schrader. Those are the only two games that I could, I could see them being favored in the other matchups this year. It wouldn't surprise me if they're like a small underdog to A&M. So that A&M game early, if they go win that game in college station, October 26th, it's not crazy to think that they're going to be undefeated going into that game and potentially a huge showdown, obviously for, for Missouri, uh, for playoff purposes, but also just kind of, announcing uh their uh standing on the national stage right all right so who you got number six steven i've got a game that was anticipated last year wasn't so close on the scoreboard and that is georgia at ole miss i think just so much intrigue here from georgia probably going to be number one at that point going to oxford can lane kiffin and this ole miss team get a huge victory as they try to climb in that playoff pursuit, get to the SEC championship game. Not many games on Georgia's schedule. I know I know it's a tough schedule, but like you said, they're going to be favored in all of them. You start thinking about where they could lose. This might be one of those games where they could trip up because it's in Oxford. So measuring stick for Ole Miss, Ole Miss offense against Georgia's defense, so many great storylines here. Right. Yeah, I got this one even higher on my list, so I'll tackle it in a second, Stephen. But one uh, you just reference is my number six game Ole Miss at LSU huge matchup Lane Kiffin Brian Kelly they've tied it one-to-one in, the, in their brief history against each other but uh again we talked about it I mean this is one of the toughest short of the Georgia game I think for for Ole Miss the entire season LSU can't afford to lose this game so man this mm, I I I guess I would be a little bit surprised, given my comments on LSU, if they made the SEC championship. But this is another. This is one where if Ole Miss wins it, remember they don't have to play Alabama. Uh, if they win this, who knows? I mean, th- this could be this could be one that determines who makes the SEC championship. Huge for tiebreaker purposes. Also, I think we should have probably mentioned this when we talked about Missouri going to Alabama. That's one of those games where if you're Luther Burden, if you go have a huge game, you could be in the Heisman discussion. Same thing here for Jackson Dart. You know, you go on the road and play well against LSU. Um, all of a sudden, he's getting a little bit more Heisman buzz, especially at the middle point of the season. So there's a ton at stake here. Um, I think both these teams are going to be picked right there outside of the – I wouldn't. Well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Somebody will probably pick Ole Miss to make the SEC championship game. But if you're LSU – you know, this is one of those games you got to get if you want to get back to Atlanta. And certainly for Ole Miss, it could be huge for tiebreaker purposes because of their schedule. All right, Steve, well, we made the top five. Where, where are you going number five here? The uh, game last year that gave us one of the craziest plays of the season. It never disappoints. Auburn at Alabama. It's <laughs> I got to get I love these rivalry games in here. Just Grave Digger will forever be in, you know, entrenched in the history books for Alabama and Auburn. I can't wait on November 30th to see what the next kind of crazy moment in this rivalry. But also, I think if you're Auburn, Hugh Freeze in his second year, can this program take a step forward? 
We'll find out during the course of the season, but no bigger test than November 30th going to Tuscaloosa. And also, if you're Kalen DeBoer, we talked about the game against Missouri. You don't want to lose to Auburn uh, coming to your place <laughs> at the end of the year. Uh, Steven, I hate to say it. This one, that didn't even make my list just because I don't, I don't, I'm high on Alabama, even though that's fading a little bit following this coaching news, but I, I, I have no clue what to make of Auburn. I mean, I, they could, they could surprise the heck out of me and be great. They could be average. I, I, and I'd buy it. So I, that didn't, I know it's a great game. It's in Tuscaloosa. So it, it just, mm, I don't know. I think Alabama wins that one big, but one where I do rivalry think it's going to be a great matchup here. This one went down to the wire, too, last year, Stephen. First time as SEC opponents, Texas and Oklahoma, week seven, top five matchup here for me. Cannot wait for this game. I hope to be at it with uh, Cousin Shane here. Texas, Oklahoma, as SEC. You know, it starts on a Thursday for us because we're we're planning on trying to eat everything at the fair, and then hopefully we'll, we'll be still alive by Saturday to actually attend the game. Okay, so who's going to get more free food at the state fair? Greg Sankey for getting Texas and Oklahoma to the league or Cousin Shane? Oh, it's always he's, Cousin Shane. He's the biggest celebrity going to be there. He needs to do the coin toss, everything. Welcome to the SEC, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I actually, that's the next game on my list, man. I've got Texas and Oklahoma at number four. Uh, number one, just the fact that it's an SEC showdown now. It's one of the greatest rivalries in college football. The split, uh, Oklahoma and Texas fans, basically 50-50 at the Cotton Bowl. So many great matchups, too. I mean, last year's game went down to the wire. Um, you know, in the big picture sense, I think Brent Venables has Oklahoma trending in the right direction. We'll find out a lot about the offense with Jackson Arnold, that offensive line, too. And also, if you're Texas, that was the only game that you lost in the regular season last year uh, was the heartbreaker to Oklahoma. So a little bit of revenge on the mind for Texas. Yeah, my number four, Stephen, and this may very well be number one, but I'm splitting hairs here at the at the end of my list. Georgia at Ole Miss. Because, again, I think Ole Miss playing with house money, I don't think anyone's going to pick them, short of Ole Miss homers, of course. I don't think anyone's going to be picking Ole Miss to beat Georgia, particularly after how that contest went last season. But this one's different. It's in Oxford. I think Ole Miss is, is obviously loaded up with even more talent. But, I mean, this, this is one where if Ole Miss wins, even though it is at home, I think the conversation, this is late in the season, week 11, if they can pull it off, I think we have to legitimately look at Ole Miss as a national championship contender. Yeah, I was going to go there too because I think if Ole Miss wins that game against Georgia – you start thinking about the playoff implications, what it might mean for the national championship. And if Ole Miss beats Georgia, they might see him again in the playoff. But if they win this game, you're going to start hearing that, hey, this is a team that just beat the number one team potentially in the country. Now they got a shot uh, to, to win it all. So I, I think it just in the also in the big picture sense, I think about momentum for Ole Miss. If they survive that early season stretch, like they go to South Carolina, they go to LSU, they get Oklahoma at their place. With everything lined up, schedule, coaching, roster, if you can make it to that point of the season and either be undefeated, one loss, beat Georgia, that spirals 
into good things for next year. Like Ole Miss has got a good thing going, and if they can continue to stack wins, that only adds to that momentum uh, for next year and beyond for Lane Kiffin there. Yep. Uh, All right, so where are you going? We're into the top three now, Stephen. I am going to, uh, I think, potentially one of the – it's a showdown between two teams I think could be in the top three in preseason rankings, and that is Georgia at Texas. Um, (laughs) Just a – I mean, just to, again, kind of the aesthetics of college football here, the Georgia uniforms, the Texas uniforms, Texas first year in the SEC, potentially welcoming the number one team to Austin. Remember uh, two years ago, Alabama went down to Austin and was a close game uh, with Bryce Young pulling the win now for Alabama. Good opportunity for Texas, I think, under Steve Sarkeesian. We talk about momentum. They get Oklahoma in the month of October. They get Georgia. There's opportunities there for marquee wins for for Sarkeesian to continue to build uh, positive things there. So, hey, a showdown between top three teams midway through the season that'll tell us a lot about the Bulldogs and Longhorns. Right, but it's even higher on my list, Stephen. If we're getting low on games here, so I'll tackle that a minute. We've already talked about the third Saturday in October. That's my number three, Alabama at Tennessee. And and I just think, Stephen, I know we've kind of hit on it already, but I think this is a real opportunity where if you're Tennessee, you've got to avoid becoming like, I'm trying to put this kindly, but there's really no kindly way to put it, Stephen. You, You want to avoid becoming your Kentucky, if that makes sense. Tennessee owns Kentucky. They've lost to them. I think twice in like 38 years. If Caleb DeBoard comes into Neyland Stadium his first season with, you know, a a, a coaching staff and a now a roster and a coaching staff that has now been picked apart. Again, Alabama may be favored. I get it. I think I'm not dancing on Alabama's grave. I think they're going to be a top 10 team. But if you go into Neyland Stadium and you beat this Tennessee team, Hell, you, you, they'll probably beat Tennessee 38 the next 40. You know what I mean? So right. that's the point I'm trying to make. I think that's how monumental this game is for Josh Heupel and Tennessee to prove that that was not a one-off a couple of years ago when they won 11 games. You you got to be expected to win games like this. Tennessee fans and, and their NIL and their pursuit for winning a championship, it's not going to happen if you can't win these games middle of the season at home. So give me a top three game. I think Alabama-Tennessee is going to be one of the best games of the entire season. I'm looking at my my list and the fact that I had it 12th. It probably should be a little higher now. That but a little bit of buyer's remorse for not having it a couple spots higher. But I think to your point, if if you're Tennessee and you have Kalen DeBoer taking over at Alabama, you know this is it's obviously it's not Nick Saban's program anymore. So that the Alabama should be in theory more vulnerable this year than they have been in the past. And now for Tennessee, you may have a potential uh, top five quarterback uh, on your side as, as Nico grows into this role during the season. I think just thinking about the month of October for Tennessee, it's like revenge game against Florida, revenge game against <laughs> Alabama, which means that October 5th at Arkansas is probably going to end up being a trap game for him, So, <laughs> And uh, Cousin Shane, real quick, wants to know what if – I think he's talking about Tennessee-Bama, but he says if they, if they played week one, what would be the point spread, do you think, Alabama at Tennessee to open the season? I, I think I think Alabama would be favored, but maybe by four or five, maybe. That's, that's what I would say. I was going to go three. 
And I think Alabama by three week one of the season, not by mm-hmm. much, but I would say Alabama's probably would be favored in that scenario. Right. All right, Stephen, where to the top two? Who you got number two? I've got Texas at Texas A&M at number two. <laughs> uh, uh, for for all the reasons we've talked talked about here, you've got this rivalry coming back. It's we've waited for you know how many years to see this game back on the schedule. It's back. It's one of the most heated. It's one of the best rivalries in college football, and it's a conference game. But also, I think about big picture implications here. If you're Mike Elko, you're trying to build this program. You've got Texas coming to your place in you know, its first year of the SEC. It's good. It's big for recruiting, obviously. So um, you've got two coaches who I think have their program on the right track, and it's a the rivalry angle with all the implications. To me, it's one of the biggest games of the season. Steven, if you were able to give an A&M fan truth serum, do you think they would rather win the SEC or knock Texas out of the playoff? <laughs> and they can only have one. It's got to be to knock Texas out of the playoff, right? <laughs> oh, and 11. That one win is against Texas, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. That's going to be one heck of a game. Uh, my number two, Stephen, Georgia at Alabama. What a, what a matchup. This is going to be week five. I believe they both have a bye week heading into this game. Uh, Kayla DeBoer's first SEC matchup here. Georgia at Alabama. Can Georgia get over Alabama now that Nick Saban? I mean, if Kirby Smart can't beat Alabama now, he, of course, he's done it once before, but if he loses to this, this rendition of Alabama, would Nick Saban be off in Pensacola or wherever the heck he lives drinking his Mai Tais on the beach? If you can't beat this Alabama, they got a hex on you or something. So, uh, and DeBoer, you better not get blown out either because this, you know, this this could be the beginning of the end if they get blown out by the Georgia. I know it's five weeks into his coaching career in Tuscaloosa, but fans expect to win these games. Nick Saban's going to be there, right? Because college game day is going to be there, so he'll just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just that's true. hanging that's out true. on the sidelines offering some tips to Kalen DeBoer and the defensive staff as they come off the field. I, this is my number one game of the season. I, I think you know it would be number one with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. But mm-hmm. the, this is one of those games, and we've talked about sort of like show me early season implications. This is it. I want to see Alabama under Kalen DeBoer. They go to Wisconsin on September 14th. They get the off week, and then they get Georgia. So it is a massive opportunity for Kalen DeBoer to establish himself right away. It's an opportunity for Jalen Milrow to show his growth as a passer against the Georgia defense. It's going to be outstanding again. Opportunity for Carson Beck go on the road beat Alabama, and you're probably going to end up being number one in the Heisman rankings all season. So uh, just the implications for this one, uh, kind of where Alabama is, finding itself early in the season, an opportunity for Georgia, too, to go on the road and show everyone, hey, the SEC runs through Athens no matter who's the head coach in Tuscaloosa, and if they deliver a statement, that would be pretty convincing. Right, so that's your number one, Stephen. My number one, Georgia at Texas. I think uh, this is going to be quite the showdown. Texas, this will be a, their opportunity to prove. If they beat Georgia, I don't care where that game's played. I mean, they, they may be the favorites to win the, the whole dang thing, Stephen. Now, that 
they probably have to be George twice, <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, three, but, maybe three times. <laughs> maybe three times. SEC championship and then the playoff. Yeah. But this will be the start of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Georgia at Texas. And again, if Georgia goes into there and, and just whoops Texas, which I don't necessarily think will happen, but this is a classic. You know, Kirby gets his team up for for all these matchups, you know, where, where people are doubting them and, and uh, you know, thinking – that they could even cover the spread. I mean, they seem to get offended by these matchups and, and, and have their A game. So I think Texas, George, I, I think that currently is the best game on the slate. Man, it's also one of the, t- I think that Texas stretch is one of the toughest two game stretches maybe in college football. You've get Oklahoma, your big, you know, your biggest rival outside of AM, mm-hmm. you know, in Dallas, and you got to turn around and play uh, Georgia. At home, so you could, in theory, beat Oklahoma coming off the high of that win, and you got to turn around and play maybe the number one team in the country. That is a very, very difficult task uh, for Texas, but also by, I mean, like you said, by far, it's one of the most interesting games in the country this year. And then, like we promised, Stephen, there's a couple teams that didn't quite make the list, but we wanted to include everybody in the SEC. So uh, the the teams that didn't make your cut that uh, maybe their best games. It, can you share that list with us? Yeah, Arkansas was one team that didn't make my list. And I think November 16th against Texas is a just a huge, like, first of all, the, the fact that Arkansas just absolutely massacred Texas the last time that they went to Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. But the, it's that implication. It's Texas is coming to the league. Arkansas has got a chance to show the new guy on the block uh, kind of what they're all about coming to Fayetteville. So I, I know the spread's probably not going to be that close this offseason, but I think Texas coming to Fayetteville could be an interesting spot for the Longhorns. Right. And I think this is, you know, just circle this one because I, I know the Razorback fans have, Stephen, but this is the classic, you know, we, we insert this team for you can't overlook teams in this league. This is what we're talking about. And if you think you can now, that's that's fantastic. Uh, but there have been, you know, Tennessees and LSUs and Ole Misses and and on and on and on that just overlook trips to Fayetteville. And next thing you know, they're like, my God, these fans are insane. So <laughs> Texas experienced it a couple of years ago, but uh, that that is the one I have circled for Arkansas as well. Tennessee, or excuse me, Texas at Arkansas. I think that that's the best game if I'm an Arkansas fan that I have to look forward to it. There's a couple other good ones, but Texas stands out to me. A great, great home schedule uh, this year, you know, for Arkansas, the fact that you get Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss and Texas, you're going to see, you know, what potentially what four of the top 15 teams in the country this year. So I, I mean, that's, that's a lot of opportunities there for Arkansas and a team that, you know, we, we know coming into the season has a lot of questions, but they also have some opportunities to pick off some highly ranked teams at their place. Right. All right. So, uh, who else here? Do we get uh, a South Carolina game from you, Stephen? Yeah, South Carolina did not make my list. I had a hard time because I, I wrestled with a couple of uh, of games for South Carolina. Like early in the season, I think September seventh against Kentucky, the Sunglasses Bowl. Uh, <laughs> you know, South Carolina won this game last year. I think it's probably likely that these two teams are somewhat in the same tier of the sec this year. So I think early in the season, and I think kind of the reason why I went with that as best game is they get LSU at home the next week. And then Akron, there's a chance that they could go on the road 
and kind of build some momentum. And, and I want to see what the South Carolina team looks like with all the question marks. So I, I think that's a, that's the best game in the sense of it is a big-time test for this team. Interesting. I went with Ole Miss at South Carolina, Stephen, because, I don't, again, this was – I think that'll be somewhat of a trap game for Ole Miss. They're going to be expected to win. But if it's a – again, I wish we knew some of these kickoff times, Stephen, but – you know, hopefully it's a night game for South Carolina. That Willie B's a, a dangerous place in the dark here. But this got classic Shane Beamer, Beamer ball vibes here with uh, big bad Ole Miss coming in here. They'll probably be top 10 ranked. And uh, I, I think that'll be a real opportunity for South Carolina to turn some heads potentially. I'm not, you know, I'm not outright predicting they'll win it, but these are the type of games that, that the Gamecocks, I mean, they beat, Teams like Auburn, that was ranked at the time. Tennessee, of course, Clemson. I mean, they're capable of getting you. I was going to also suggest that November 2nd game against Texas A&M because two years ago, of course, you know, Texas A&M came into Williams-Brice. It was a night game, the early kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, that schedule in the month of November, yes, they do have to play Missouri, but it's at home. Clemson, I think will be a top 25 team, but last time that South Carolina went to Clemson, they won. So I, the schedule for, for South Carolina has, it's difficult to start, but I do think that A&M game with three of those last five games at home, plus a road game at Vanderbilt, there's an opportunity here to, I think to kind of finish the season on a high note, much like we've seen South Carolina do under Shane Beamer. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got the, uh, the iron bowl here as well as well as the Egg Bowl, which both of those made your list, Stephen, but they didn't quite make mine because I'm just not convinced that they'll be that competitive. I hope they are. Rivalry games often have a way uh, of being that way, but unfortunately for, for both of those this season, Stephen, uh, the Egg Bowl is in Oxford and the Iron Bowl is in Tuscaloosa, so that makes an uphill climb even more difficult, in my opinion. Uh, maybe if we could reverse these, you know, if it was in Starkville, if it was in on the plains, I would change. I would I would have flipped both of these probably to to top fifteen matchups. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think Auburn is one of the biggest mysteries in the SEC. It's, I guess it's not surprising because it feels like every year over the last like ten years they've always been the biggest wild card team to figure out in the preseason. But that game last year at Auburn wasn't really supposed to be close. They right. found a way to make it close. They found a cl- way to make it close against Georgia. A little different scenario on the road. And I, I think that Mississippi State Ole Miss game into the season, I think that gives Jeff Levy a lot of time uh, to figure things out. And, of course, we've seen the Lane Kiffin <laughs> likes, retweets, however you want to put it, towards <laughs> Jeff Levy early this offseason. So uh, I guess always, always some good uh, back and forth in the Egg Bowl. Now, I apologize, Stephen. Did you have a Kentucky matchup or, or not in your top 15? Uh, I did not have a Kentucky uh, matchup in my top 15. I, I actually went with the early season showdown uh, September uh, 14th against Georgia. I think you, know, South, you could go South Carolina here too. Like I said, the sunglasses bowl. <laughs> but I think September 14th with Georgia coming to Lexington, the, all this offseason, you know, Mark Stoops, he was the head coach at Texas A&M for like five minutes, and then now they've got uh, Brock Vandergriff. It's his old team. How do all these offensive changes for Kentucky look? No better way to find out than playing maybe the number <laughs> one defense in the country in in, uh, in Georgia. Yeah, I love that South Carolina game. And 
until last year, it seems like Kentucky always finds a way to be very competitive against Georgia. So that's that's a good one there. But I went with Kentucky at Florida, Stephen, because I think they got an opportunity to put that final dagger in Billy Napier. I mean, if Billy Napier goes 0-3 against Kentucky, he ain't going to have an opportunity to go 0-4. I'll, I'll just put it that way. And, and, and Kentucky has owned Florida, so credit to them when others haven't. Uh, that that Florida always seems to get Kentucky's A game. So that's kind of why I have that one circled. And then, like we said earlier, the following week is that dreaded open date if you're a head coach. So if you're Billy Napier, <laughs> October 26th, <laughs> that open date could be very problematic if you lose to Kentucky. So, And then last, Stephen, neither one of us had Vanderbilt in the top 15 games. What is the one Vanderbilt game you're, you're kind of most excited about? I, I think if I was a Vanderbilt fan, I think obviously getting Alabama, Texas, or Tennessee at home. If you're a season ticket holder, that's that's obviously it's awesome for your home of uh, you know viewing experience at, at Vanderbilt. But I went a little different here. I went with November 9th against South Carolina for the sole reason that might be the most winnable game in the SEC for Vanderbilt this season, and they get South Carolina at home. I think South Carolina is going to be favored. I'd pick them to win. But if you're just looking at the odds, that's probably the most favorable opportunity for Vanderbilt. So if I'm a Vanderbilt fan late in the season, that's maybe uh, to see a win at home. It could be a tough year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sadly, that that is exactly the game I went with for Vanderbilt to that very same point, Stephen, because it seems like, uh, you know, maybe. yeah. And I, I get it. If you're a Gamecock, you're probably like, what the heck? We've beaten them 15 years in a row. But there's been some close calls there, too. So that's kind of why I'm looking at it that way. We don't, you know, I hope South Carolina turns things around, but you can make the case that they could be floundering as well. I don't see, quite frankly, I don't see any winnable games for Vanderbilt in the conference, but that South Carolina one is one I kind of have circled with. Maybe, maybe there's an outside shot if things go right. It, you know, again, I don't think it's likely, but I think that may be your only shot. Especially when we've seen South Carolina get better as the season goes along. You know, Shane Beamer's been kind of Mr. November mm -hmm. uh, in this league the last couple of years. It's not great timing uh, for Vanderbilt, but I guess maybe the positive is if there is a winnable game, it's probably at South Carolina one. It's at home and it's later in the season, too. So that gives Clark Lee time to sort of figure things out with some of the transfers that they have. So there are some positives to it. They're going to be an underdog, but that's probably the most favorable because there's certainly <laughs> going to be a massive underdog against Alabama, Texas, and Tennessee at home. Yep. All right. And then, uh, Stephen, real quick here, we don't have to spend a ton of time, but I, I did ask you if you had any top non-conference matchups that involve SEC teams. So maybe if you could just uh, – how about your top five? Do you have five for me? Yeah, I'll start at the top. Uh, let's start at number one. I think Notre Dame at Texas A&M – the first week of the season, it's a tone setter for both teams. It's an opportunity for Mike Elko to get a huge win to start his tenure at Texas A&M. It's also huge on the other side for Notre Dame. You know that they can't beat SEC teams. They, you know, they, here they are coming to SEC country to try to get a huge non-conference win. So I think number one, Notre Dame at Texas A&M. Number two, Texas at Michigan. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Texas fan, this is the Best time to catch Michigan. They have obviously a new coaching staff. They got a new quarterback. They've got losses all over uh, both sides of the ball. Their defense is still going to be pretty good, though. But early in the season, 
that's the best time to catch Michigan is uh, week two uh, while they're still in rebuild mode. Number three, I've got Georgia versus Clemson in Atlanta. Great helmet matchup, great logos. I'm not sure it's going to be all that close on the field. Uh, just this Clem- It's another year where Clemson just brought in no transfers. Their offense wasn't very good last year. I think their defense is going to be pretty good. I'm just not sure it's going to matter against Georgia. That's an early – we saw Georgia destroy Oregon a few years ago. I don't know it's going to be that bad, but I think Georgia's going to be a pretty big favorite here over Clemson. I'll package kind of four and five here because they kind of go together. It's my, it's Florida uh, playing at Florida State and Miami at Florida. Two games hmm. involving Florida where their biggest rivals from the, from the state, they're either on the road or at home two opportunities for Billy Napier to sort of reverse the trend or score a uh, big time victory. So uh, outside of that, you know, I'll throw out like Alabama at Wisconsin's interesting a- SEC team going up to big 10 country early test for Kalen DeBoer LSU at USC. I'm uh, sorry, LSU playing USC in Las Vegas. I'm not sure that game's going to be all that close given USC's defensive woes. Uh, and of course <laughs> We got to mention South Carolina versus uh, Clemson too. The big rivalry matchup there is one of the best non-conference games. Yeah, my top five featured uh, those two of the three you just hit on there, Stephen. Alabama at Wisconsin. I'm very curious to see. I mean, again, this is – I hate to keep repeating myself, Stephen, but it's like if Nick Saban's a coach, you're like, okay, yeah, it's on the road. I get it, but we'll win by 20. You You know what I mean? Like that's the standard. And that's probably not fair to Kalen DeBoer, but if you lose that game, if you barely win it, I don't know. There's going to be some reservations. And and you say, Stephen, LSU, Southern Cal, maybe not that close, but heck, Brian Kelly, he's not won any of these games to, to open the season. Now, it hasn't killed him. He's won the West, and he's as quarterback had won a Heisman after getting destroyed early in the season. But it, it just feels like it's a tone setter. And let's flip that. I mean, why in the world can't we show up for these big time matchups to open the season? I, I think it's, uh, I think it's paramount that LSU beats Southern Cal in Las Vegas. I can't wait. That's my number one non-conference game in the SEC slate. They, they better win. They better win. Otherwise, oh and three. I mean, what are we doing here, Kelly? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, two two teams that should be desperate to improve on the defensive side of the ball meeting up in Las Vegas to start the season with all the intrigue of LSU's changes offensively. There's a ton of intrigue uh, for me for this game. Um, I, I had a little lower just because I think the spread's going to be double digits in favor of LSU. Uh, but to your point, I think this LSU team is still a little bit of a mystery. I think if you if you really buy into defensive improvement, plus Garrett Nussmeyer really hitting offensively, the schedule's you know sets up for a for a run into the top ten. So uh, early in the season, playing USC is a good kind of like you said a tone setter. If Southern Cal just gets absolutely destroyed, it could the wheels come off here for old uh, Lincoln. He's probably faxing his resume to the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> on September 2nd <laughs> to be the next head coach. <laughs> uh, all right, Stephen A., I appreciate you, especially on uh, a Valentine's going so long with me here. Before you hop off, uh, can you tell the people, as always, where can they follow you? Where can they find your work? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow my work at athlonsports.com. Uh, we also do the Cover 2 podcast by athlonsports.com. 
uh, also very much into magazine production. So uh, hopefully have some news on uh, SEC cover subjects soon. So uh, AthlonSports.com. Also follow me on Twitter at AthlonSteven, Facebook, Instagram, Stephen LCFB, and YouTube, all CFB365. Well, Stephen, I can't thank you enough. It's been another successful SEC After Dark. I know you had a, a ton of fun putting this list together, and so did I. And quite frankly, we could have done the top 35, the top 45, probably even the top 55 SEC games we're most looking forward to next season. We're just so excited. I know football is so far away, seemingly, but uh, getting to talk these games with you, it, it makes me feel like I'm a little bit closer to it, you know? Mike, I think maybe maybe we could do SEC Marathon after dark where we rank every game in the SEC for next season. So every conference game, every non-conference game, we put them all into one to whatever, and we just talk all night. So Absolutely. Hey, when we hit July, that may just be something we have to do. <laughs> Sounds like I just signed myself up. <laughs> well, Stephen, I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out, especially those on the live show. We'll catch you on the next one. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.